Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. The merch link is in the bio. Dubby. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is J-Cal, and of course with me is Jaden and DKM, who's going to be no. Fine, I'm leaving. (laughs) No, I mean, that's what your name says. It says you're going to be no. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to shorten that much. DKM is going to be in Nolens with your boy, Jake Howe. Of course, I know Dave Scooby's going to be there. I think some of you guys are also going to be there. Whoever's there, you better make sure to slide into my DMs. I would like to meet you. I'd like to shake your hand, maybe even buy you a beer or something. I don't know. Uh, but it would be great to see all the Alliance guys and the uh, the hashtag NWA fam. And, of course, Jaden won't be there. Jaden, what are you doing this weekend? Probably working. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I gotta That's... make that money. Doctor Zirconium doesn't pay me well enough, so I have to do other way- forms of entertainment till my OnlyFans kicks off, at least. Uh, all right, Jaden. After dark, everyone. And DK, I know you're going to be leaving tomorrow morning, driving in that rain. Uh, what do you expect on your journey to Nolens? A lot of tears. Are you going to be stopping at like a Whataburger or like a what else? What, what's the famous fast food places out there? Uh, Whataburger's here in Texas, so I have one right here in my hometown. I'm sorry. I've hey, DK, a- I've actually wanted to know this. Do you have a Bucky's? A Bucky's. Do I have a Bucky? No. In your area? Are there Bucky's around me? Yes. Okay. I always <laughs> wanted to go to Bucky's. I don't know why, but it's apparently a thing you do in Texas. Well, you got shoot people. You got to get beaver nuggets. You go to you Buc- a beaver nugget. Yeah, that's what happens when. Oh, wait a minute. That's a different thing I'm talking about. You can see that on my OnlyFans. That's on his OnlyFans page. Uh, you know, Bucky's in Texas, right? And then uh, Wawa when you get to Jersey, right? Right, Jaden? Wawa's great. Um, and I do love a good Wawa, but there's plenty of good places in Jersey. What we don't have is an In N Out burger. But apparently, that's a big thing in Cali. Uh, yeah, our, that that's kind of like our thing now. They have in and outs in in Texas. They have in and outs in Arizona and in Nevada. But uh, I've been to one. What what do you like? Okay, sorry guys. Little fast food talk here. I know people who love Whataburger and hate In and Out. I'm on the other side. I love In and Out. I wasn't a big fan of Whataburger. I also heard the more 
closer you are to Texas, the better the water burger is. I had it in Arizona. I wasn't a big fan. What did you think of uh, in and out DK? I really liked the cheeseburger. Yeah. The rest of the stuff I got, yeah, was right. not impressed with the fries. But the cheeseburger itself, and, you know, when I get a cheeseburger, it's like, you know, meat, cheese, mustard bun. Yeah. And so, but, yeah, I really like that. The, the meat was well-seasoned. The next time you go to an In-N-Out, which might not ever be again, but ask for a Flying Dutchman. as off the secret menu. It's basically... Just two patties, fried in mustard with cheese on top. Delicious. Chef kiss. Yeah. You know, you people need to learn how to actually taste something. Mustard is for things that taste like crap, so you put more crap on top of it. All right. Do you hey, think hey, I, are, are you thinking I'd rather have... Uh... At least it's not avocado. Exactly. Yeah. Wrestling with MMA wants to share his love for rallies and checkers. Jaden, I know that's a special spot for you, those checkers out there in Jersey. Let me tell you about checkers. I love checkers, and but it's a one-way relationship. Checkers does not love you back. Checkers is like is like marrying a Karen and then divorcing a super Karen. <laughs> that's what you leave in the bathroom. Um, Dave Scooby says the beast style at In-N-Out are great. He means the animal style fries, and those are... They're not for me, but uh, if you love like the, um, I don't want to call it the Italian dressing, but the special the special season that they put on, uh, special sauce that they put on burgers, they basically do that with grilled onions and cheese on the fries, and it really is a completely different animal. And Luthez says, hey, when we all come out to St. Louis next year, by the way, I've confirmed it with Tim uh Tim Wood from uh, NWA Gold, also the other Alliance guys. He's going to be in St. Louis next year. I'm going to be in St. Louis next year. I'm going to try to talk uh, DKM into coming to, to St. Louis next year, too. But uh, uh, Luthez says, do not fail to hit the high point drive-in next year when we come to the 75th near the Chase, and they have the car from Good Burger. The car from Good Burger? Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take y'all to... <laughs> DK, why are you so close to the camera? I'm trying to find the Buckies. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, hey, so did you guys hear any good gossip lately? Yeah, I kind of hear a couple of things. I heard that a couple people might be leaving, and I even heard they ordered an oversized belt that's incredibly huge. It can fit a whale, and it's still smaller than the old NWA women's title. Still, yeah, still smaller than the uh, 73 uh, pounds of gold. Yeah, the legendary 73 and one half pounds of leather and gold. Those are good old times. Hey, quick, let's not exaggerate. 72 and a half pounds of leather. Sorry. <laughs> Real quick, my pal Larry is in the chat on their Facebook. Wait a Larry, minute, yeah, I have a few friends. I met Larry at the 70th anniversary show. Uh, we we met with a, a a man wearing sunglasses and a mustache. We met through him, but since then have remained pretty good friends. We were at the Crockett Cup together in 2019, and I got to hang out with Larry in Atlanta at the uh, 
at the uh, championship wrestling from Atlanta television tapings at center stage. So cool to see Larry in the chat. I hope to see Larry sometime, maybe at the 75th. Maybe we could talk him into going to St. Louis. And uh, why are you trying to talk people into being tortured? Uh, the more the merrier. I'm a glutton for punishment, but I hate being alone. I've got abandonment issues. What do you want to hear, Jaden? What is this some sort of psychology uh, class? Yes. I do have on? a degree. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Nathan Ogden, who I don't think has joined us before on a live, said, your so-called champion, Aldis, has taken his ball and gone home. Well, yeah, Nathan, he, was t- he was told to go home. <laughs> Nathan, you, you, this might be the first time you've ever watched this show, but he ain't my champion. And, uh, you know, uh, as much as I like, uh, as much as I hate to see Nick Aldis go, and that's a legitimate hundred percent fact. I, I don't want to see him leave the NWA. It sucks, especially that he's leaving on bad terms. But I'm all right with it. I've come to terms with it. I'm good. Uh, you know, he he hasn't held a world title in over a year now. You know, he lost the ten pounds of gold at the seventy third anniversary show and has had one opportunity to regain the title and he he failed to do it. Um, he hasn't been pushed towards the top of the card. Uh, he's been mid card at best since losing the title, and I'm I'm perfectly all right with that, a hundred percent. Willie wants really real quick wants to remind us about bigger than Tyrus's pie eating heavyweight championship. With, with may the, end up being uh, his new pie eating championship there, Tyrus uh, Willie. Yeah, uh, and then Nathan says, uh, <laughs> let, "Let Nick Kong buy out Billy Corgan." I don't know what benefit that would do for anybody, to be quite honest with you. Nick, I, hope he, I think he probably means Tony Khan because Nick Khan doesn't actually own anything with wrestling. Yeah, you're right. And I, I kind of bit in on that too. You're right. Nick Khan, WWE, I think COO. Uh, Tony Co-CEO Khan. CEO now. Oh, he is the CEO. Co- Tony Khan, obviously the owner and operator of uh, All Elite Wrestling, who owns Ring of Honor as well. I just don't see where owning the NWA would do anything beneficial for any of the three ba- three brands for Tony Khan. I mean, he's already got product, you know, pouring out the woodwork on YouTube and on TNT and on TBS. I don't think he has room for any more additional wrestling. I know um, how to help him out. He needs more belts. <laughs> Please never say that again. <laughs> 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 You're gonna kill me before I go to New Orleans. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Tony Khan has any desire to do anything with the NWA at this point. If you wanted to talk about legitimate people buying the NWA, there are companies out there that would make sense. Uh, I, we, I I could see um, Impact Wrestling. You know, they've really struggled to have an identity since the NWA left. I could see that being a potential suitor for the brand. I can see New Japan Pro Wrestling buying the NWA and rebranding their New Japan Strong into the NWA. Um, I could even make the the point that maybe MLW could be interested in the NWA. Um, I sure know Dave Marquez would be happy to own those three letters, but I don't think any of the major primetime players would be interested in the NWA as it stands today. That's just my two cents. Well, let's talk about, since we're bringing these subjects up, let's talk about Nick Aldis. Yeah. Let, I mean, okay, so let's talk about Nick Aldis. I, I spent exactly 24 minutes on Tuesday 
talking about how I thought that this was going to be okay. That, yes, Aldis had a lot of contributions to help the NWA. And to be quite honest, we wouldn't have the NWA as we have it today if it weren't for Nick Aldis. But I also have been arguing um, the point that no one piece is greater than the whole. And even though that all this is now done with the NWA, it, it doesn't really anchor. Let me rephrase that, not anchor, but doesn't really. It's not going to hurt the NWA the way some people think it is. Jaden, now you're, you've got your heart uh, and head in pro wrestling. I mean, you've grown up around the sport. You currently help uh, in the backstage roles with uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators and the World Wrestling Grand Prix. Tell me. Somebody like Nick Aldis, what what went wrong and what's next for him? What, what do you think? Here's the problem, and it's the problem I'm getting from a lot of people in the NWA. Um, if there's, there's a lot of people who do not believe in the 20-year plan, quotes, air quotes, of Billy Corgan. A lot of people don't do not believe that Billy Corgan's book in the NWA – to, at its best to truly showcase what the brand has. There were a lot of people who've talked to me who very much miss Dave Lagana. I've been hearing and, that a lot this week too. Yes. And there are a lot of people who do not believe that Billy Corgan, despite watching all the old school wrestling, truly understands old school wrestling, that instead he is 100% a product of the impact wrestling mentality of the past where it's throw a bunch of stuff together with no logic or sense just because it's all they, they have to take advantage of the few talents that they have. So they have to do whatever they can to make themselves look bigger or special or something. And there's not a lot of confidence from what I'm told in what Billy Corgan can do as the person in charge of the NWA. And that's the problem with a lot of wrestling promotions and promoters. A lot of promoters aren't in the wrestling company to, or in the wrestling business to run a wrestling business successfully. They're in there to play with a bunch of toys and they just happen to be real life toys. And that's kind of what the NWA um, is to Billy Corgan, in my opinion is it's just a bunch of toys for him to play with and let him pretend to be a promoter. It's downloading EWR on the uh, internet back in uh, 2001, and but this time instead he's got some real-life characters to play with. Honestly, Nick Aldis is one of the best things to happen to the modern NWA. I know that Jay is not a fan because he rightfully calls him the ham sandwich jabroni that he is. <laughs> but uh, he was the best thing to happen to him. Uh, yes, bad booking and too much of, of Nick Aldis kind of screwed up a little bit, but he was a, a bright spot in the company Then when there wasn't a lot of it. And when they were starting to show promise and good things, he was a bright, even a bright spot there. Here's what I think, though. I think this is the best thing to happen to Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis needs to get away from the NWA. Okay. He's being pigeonholed now because of it. Now, if he does like a, even a lateral or in some cases, a, I guess it's probably just a lateral move going back to impact and he makes a big deal of it. It really won't do much for Nick Aldis. 
But if he goes to even something like MLW, or if he goes to, um, he goes to AEW, or he's chosen to go and be part of the new European expansion of the NXT WWE brand, or whatever he does, and uh, like in that I listed, it could potentially make him a bigger start and help any one of those companies be something better. If he gets to those companies and gets over, even at seventy-five percent of what he thinks he was over, or what they pretend, what they try to get him over in the NWA, or what they were saying he was over, if they give him seventy-five percent of that push in any one of those companies, it's going to be great for Nick Aldis and great for those companies. Yeah. The problem is, and if he does, you know what that does? That justifies everything Nick Aldis has said. <laughs> it justifies yeah. everything Nick Aldis has done with the NWA and it puts a negative, even a higher negative light on Billy Corgan. If he doesn't, at least he'll be a good piece and a good pawn or good piece on the board to help any company and help some young people learn. Well, let's, let's put this into perspective real quick. Number one, that's scary. Yeah. Number one, I will take no umbrage with the fact that Nick Aldis called me a, ham sandwich eating jabroni i'll own that that's fine that phrase actually raised about 80 dollars for the juvenile diabetes research fund last year so i'll take it it's a better than being known as a chicken slinger like another former nwa champion called you (laughs) well and even more than that it also did help light a fire man like he was right and we and since then we've now hit over a thousand subscribers here on youtube and the social medias are all over a thousand as well. Like I think, except for maybe, uh, maybe Instagram. I think we're still struggling there. But regardless, I don't fault him for those thoughts and for what he said because I am critical of Nick Aldis. He he felt like we were attacking him. I felt like I was being critical, and there's a huge difference. And Nick Aldis, in his first run as world champion, might have had one of the greatest runs as NWA world champion in the modern era. It was amazing. What he was able to do in about nine months dwarfed almost anything he did after that. In fact, it dwarfed everything he did after that. Being able to take the title to China, being able to take the title to the United Kingdom, taking the title to Australia. These are things that he did, of course, with partnerships with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, House of Hardcore, and obviously his UK bookings were done well before he won the 10 pounds of gold. All that being said, phenomenal wrestler, great great mouthpiece, and was the guy. He was the right guy to lead the NWA into this new era. Now, I don't know if I needed a 1,000 days of Nick Aldis as world champion uh, through the pandemic. I, I, I certainly didn't uh, appreciate the, um, well, the lack of anything that happened during the pandemic and then taking accolades for something where you weren't even actually wrestling at the time. But that's neither here nor there. He he was a great champion. He still is a great champion. You can't take that away from him. But like DK and I were talking about before the show started, a lot of those, a lot of his accolades that are so much celebrated aren't as great as you think. Now, DK, you and I were talking about his run with Global Force Wrestling, his run in TNA Wrestling. Of course, he had a, a multiple tag team title championship runs in Impact and its uh, promotions that it was working with. He was the ring cock king champion. But tell me what you think about uh, uh, Nick Aldis and his time uh, before the NWA, DK. Well, 
I'd, I, I was still semi watching Impact. I kind of come back to it when he was there just before he won the title. And I kind of liked him enough that I was hoping he'd do the title. Then I thought he was horribly booked when they actually, <coughs> excuse me, can't breathe. Uh, when they actually put the title on him because they turned him heel and they, you know, threw out the word paper champion and he wasn't beating anybody or beating anybody cleanly and blah this and blah that. And he was really badly booked as a champion and didn't get any real credibility out there other than just, you know, years later people go, oh yeah, he was an Impact World Champion, you know, or TNA World Champion, as it was known at the time. Yeah. But, you know, it was already on their downward trajectory, so it's not like he was even champion at any of their hottest times. Right. So... Uh, and then he held the Global Force title that Jeff Jarrett created, but let's face it, what did Global Force do? And if you say the word nothing, you're closer than anybody else. Well, And he came back to DNA Impact as Global Force champion, where he immediately dropped the title. And so <laughs> it's just one of those he, he wasn't well booked and his other things weren't well done. He wasn't well known outside to the small group that followed Impact at that time. So it's, you know, I made the yeah, sponsor us, please. I made the comment, I go you can easily say that Matt Cardona as Sack Ryder was, was is, was whatever, far better known than uh, Magnus slash Nick Aldis. So, and that's not to put down anything he did as NWA champion. His first ring was great. The start of his second ring, a little bit stiff. Yeah, he held the title for over two years, but let's be honest, pandemic probably prolonged it. Uh, he rarely defended the title, and you know, none of the world champions in any of the organizations spend the title that much. Uh, but he never really got back into the kick of what he was. Once once power happened, he didn't really work the indie scene anymore. I mean, in a lot of ways, power's done more damage to the NWA world title than anything else because they don't talk about title defenses outside of NWA. They kind of live in this little cutoff world. And the champ and the unless the champion is champion is as champion as a go-getter, they don't really get booked anywhere. You know, it's not encouraged in the sense of, you know, let's go out there, let's work with these promoters and please, you know, put over the back there, champion's gonna be out defending the title so far. I'm going to slightly say it may not be 100% Aldous's fault, though. No. Because I've been told by a couple of people that when the title was actually being defended in other promotions and mentioned, it wasn't because of Billy Corgan. It was because of, of Dave Lagano. And 
I am told that while Corrigan is not against them using the NWA championships to get bookings and to increase their stature, he doesn't care or want anybody else to know that the NWA title is defended anywhere else besides the NWA. So let me let me just bring up something real quick. The NWA started power. Literally, the first tapings were September 30th, 2019. <clears throat> when Aldis won the championship back in 2018, defeating Cody at the 70th anniversary show, he defended the title in, in Maryland for MCW at WrestleCade uh, at some other promotions, House of Hardcore, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, in the UK, at IPW and PCW. Uh, he was working with, uh, uh, well, the NWA did the event with um, New Year's Clash. Uh, excuse me, uh, that was the event with uh, Trident True Pro Wrestling. They were working with Ring of Honor. There are other like uh, other indies, ASW, World Legion Wrestling. Um, again, more Ring of Honor. But once the first episode of Power hit, again, that was in September of uh, uh, 2019, those indie dates almost became non-existent. Now he had a, they had a, uh, of an event called the Modus Madness. That was with a, um, I think that was at the time that was with, uh, Ken Anderson's wrestling school. Uh, there was AML, there was North pro wrestling. There was the independent wrestling expo. There's one, two, seven pro wrestling and Magnum pro. Oh, and then the T Mart and the, <clears throat> the MAW event. And I know that sounds like a lot, but we're talking that's in the span of three years. Now, also, that was during the pandemic. So a lot of the wrestling slowed down. But even after uh, some of the restrictions were let up and we had more title defenses, we had more uh, wrestling promotions happening. The, the amount of defenses dropped significantly once power started and the title defenses on power and outside of the NWA just dropped. We weren't getting that same Nick Aldis that we had in the first run. And you're right, Jaden. To your point, that's not necessarily Nick Aldis's fault. However, just as an example of what the NWA is, what it's supposed to be, what we were used to, it looked very different uh, once power kicked off. Well, I'm going to... It wasn't Nick Aldis's fault in the sense that the NWA wasn't going out trying to find these promotions to work with. Right. So that they could get the titles defended. It was Nick Aldis's fault in the sense that Nick Aldis could have gone out and hustled himself. We know that Thunder Rosa did that during the same stretch of time. Well, I mean, we see Camille doing it now. We see Scion doing it now. But, yeah, they they were never ones to the NWA, Billy. And even when Lagana was there, once power started, it was the same way. They were never ones to care about any title defense that wasn't something they had set up themselves. Right. And, you know, that's their nature. And Real quick, I want to read this question that Carlton put up, um, or statement, I guess you should say. Nick Aldis brought back the NWA to relevancy. The NWA is going to do bad real quickly. Ask this question. Could EC3 Trevor Murdoch or Matt Cardona couldn't carry a company, but leech off of someone. Um, What I'm going to say to that Carlton is the NWA 
remember, this wasn't a one-way relationship. It wasn't like a Billy Corgan handed the belt to Nick Aldis and said, make my company relevant. There was a lot of moving pieces, especially early on. When that when the NWA uh, announced its purchase from Bruce Tharp when the Lightning One era kicked off, I mean, you didn't just have Billy Corgan behind the scenes. You had Dave Lagana, like we've already mentioned. We had David Marquez, who already had a, a complete wrestling program on television that literally just gifted time to the NWA, literally made their show available for the NWA to showcase its champions. You know, I don't even know if you get the 10 pounds of gold series if you didn't have uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood to film this stuff. And, and yes, all this did take that title to a lot of places. But again, all this doesn't travel the world if David Marquez doesn't book him for China or if Tommy Dreamer doesn't book him for House of Hardcore. And, 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 and to be perfectly honest, it was the title that Dave Marquez booked. I can't specifically say what. Uh, Tommy Dreamer was looking for, but each one of those matches that he had in Australia was for, for the ten pounds of gold. So I, I you know, I, I think if that would have been Tim Storm, there could have been a good chance they might have booked Tim Storm. Now maybe not. I don't have the proof for that, but I do know, and I give all the credit in the world to to uh, Nick Aldis for getting those UK bookings. Those were all done even before he had the title. Well, let's also remember Nick Aldis was like the third choice. Yeah, I don't. I know uh, Drew Gallows, Drew McIntyre in WWE was one of the people they were looking at beforehand until he got called back up to NXT. They call him put it back in NXT. And I cannot for the life remember who the other guy was off the top of my head. Oh, uh, well, Eli Drake was one of them. (laughs) Sean Ricker, LA Knight. He was on that list. I know that there was some talk that, and and this is where my memory is a little mixed up. I could be wrong because at the same time, Dave Marquez was looking to crown his first United Wrestling Network world champion. And obviously that took a long time to happen, but Johnny Moss was considered for that. And I know that Fergal Devitt and Carl the Machine Gun Anderson were both considered for Dave's title. But I think, and I don't remember Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, if he was uh, a NWA idea or United Wrestling Network idea, or maybe both. But I know that at one point he was, his contract was coming up and a lot of people didn't think he was going to renew. Yeah. I I don't, I mean, I just honestly don't remember. For some reason Moss sounds like might've been the one, but you know, yeah, all this was the third person. And, you know, the whole point of the early part of our discussion is that Aldous in and of himself was not a known superstar. Now, Aldous can cut a promoter, can cut a promo, which apparently I cannot. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got the look, you know, you know, you know, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, and uh, if you know, you know. And uh, he has enough skill in the ring. I I like all this. But I'm going to be the first to tell you, he's not the best worker. But he he has an air about himself, and he carries himself well as a champion. And these are the... 
you know, these are the things that matter. I mean, you can go back and look at, at what Adam Pierce did when Adam Pierce was champion, yeah, which was 98% Adam Pierce. And what Kevin Frazier did when he was world junior heavyweight champion, which was 97% Kevin Frazier or Kevin Douglas. As he and even known. the Sheik. And even the Sheik. As much as I don't like saying that dude's name, even he did a lot for the NWA as champion in that short time by himself. It wasn't like the NWA booked him to wrestle in 0-1. It was 0-1 in, in the Sheik that made that work. Yeah, I mean, so... But, I mean, could they have picked somebody else and still gone on and had a successful, if this is a successful run, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because of supposedly one of the claims that was made recently by Billy Corgan. But, uh, you know, could they have picked somebody else? And then, you know, I think if you get the 10 pounds of gold going, you almost could have put the title on anybody. That has some skill and some talent. So, so just I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right there. I'm gonna ask two questions. Number one, my first question is, um, at the time, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood was bringing in some larger name talent. They had brought Brian Cage back for a few tapings. They brought Jack Hager in for a few tapings. They brought in uh, uh, Alberto El Patron in for some tapings. Um, I don't think that you could have put the world title on any one of those guys and got the same mileage that all this did. But I think there are other people out there that could have driven the NWA under that set of circumstances. Well, if you separate out Patron's legal mess and the fact that the guy's a horrible, horrible human being <laughs> and the fact that he had a tendency to no-show... <coughs> I mean, you know, again, you put the right person, you put the right story for that person. I mean, who the hell knew who Adam Pierce was or knew anything about Adam Pierce? That's that's a hundred percent. When Adam Pierce first won the title, he was heavily criticized as the choice. Who the hell is this guy? Oh, he's just an ROH mid card guy. He's a lower. He, he he wrestles the second match. He was. You know, the, he's the ROH gatekeeper, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, people were, people were horribly critical of Adam Pierce and and even like people that did not know him in the sense of, like, they were criticizing him because of where he was on the ROH car. I remember he came to Texas for one of his early title defenses, and, the, you know, the guy here didn't know him from, you know, the original Adam. And... He, uh, yeah, he said, he goes, eh. he goes, he just doesn't really carry himself like a champion. You can tell it's new to him, but you know, six months, year in, uh, after his first title reign, he was carrying himself like a champion. He knew it by his third title reign, which was probably his best title reign. You know, he was arguably the top indie guy out there. And so, let's see, Eli Drake would have been a better champion out of the gate. Aldous did great, but became tiresome. I think Eli Drake, 
and this is one of those things where, you know, I don't know what personality traits are full on. I think Aldous is more or less himself. I think the guy that goes out there is pretty much who he is. And I think Eli Drake, you wouldn't necessarily have had the overexposure. But again, a lot of that's Billy's booking. So if Billy sends whoever the champion is out for every show and gives them 10 minutes to speak on every show, I think anybody could become tiresome. It's true. I remember I used to be a manager and I would manage a couple of people. And if I was out there a few times, I did what I need. I got the crowd going. I made them hate me. But there was a promotion that put me out there like six or seven times. Plus, I was doing commentary. By the time I was done, I hated myself and didn't want to see me anymore. So you can imagine how the rest of that crowd felt. Because even though I was the only one getting any major reaction, it's still, it's way too much. Too much of anything is a bad thing. Uh, and, and so that's where we struggle, is that I don't always know where some of the lines are drawn. But, I mean, could... Could it have been Jake Hager? Uh, I don't know. He doesn't have a strong personality, but then again, you know, they were they put all this with uh, Austin Idol at first because they hated me. And then even though Camille didn't talk, you know, they had to put somebody else out there for for him. So it's not... You put Hager with the right manager. Yeah, he he has the wrestling ability. He has the wrestling talent. Another kind of huge with Dutch Mantel, right? And but it's you know it's hard to tell when somebody's not really given the opportunity and has not been used well in their big show appearances then it's hard to say oh well this person would be successful or this person wouldn't be successful I mean let's remember Barry Horowitz won lots of titles on the indie scenes as a heel who was well liked because of his WWE run and Jay disappeared so I don't know what we're talking about anymore well, I still think we're talking about Aldis, and I do think Aldis was the right man at the time, and I do think he was a major part of the NWA success, and I do think he can go somewhere else and contribute to any company that does use him from this time forward, again, depending on booking. It's hard. You can't blame bad booking on the wrestler unless they're a person doing the booking. Now, here's something I want to talk about a little bit because it affects... It affects how we kind of look at things. But supposedly, one of the issues between Aldous and Billy was Aldous felt like Billy had disrespected Mickey James when it came to Empower. And the stories don't quite make sense. But I don't know if they're talking about the original Empower or if they're talking about her wanting to do Empower again this year. 
which he was opposed to. And they did not do again this year. And I think uh, one of the things that supposedly has been said, now I haven't listened to a lot of interviews, read a lot of stuff, but I've been told different things by different people, and I don't even remember who's told me what half the time. But supposedly, uh, Billy claimed Empower lost money. And that's why he wasn't interested in doing it again. Which would be an interesting statement if he actually made it. And I don't know that he did or he didn't. If anybody out there knows, be sure to be sure to uh, let us know where. But Empower would have been something where he didn't pay for all the talent that was on there. Impact paid for some of the talent they sent. Tony Khan whined that he should get full credit for Empower because he paid for the AEW talent that went. Uh, so if that didn't make money, even though it sold out finally at the end, so add about 800 people, and I'm betting it's pay-per-view buys were as close or maybe even more than the anniversary show. I bought the package because I wanted to see Empower more than I wanted to see the anniversary show. Right. So then that would lead to the question. If Billy were being honest and saying that Empower lost money, wouldn't that almost mean all his pay-per-views lost money because I don't see how that one which had which would have sold more tickets than most of them and probably had a high buy rate compared to a lot of them so I mean is he basically acknowledging that his pay-per-views don't make money well no he wouldn't have ever acknowledge that <laughs> that's the truth too. He would never acknowledge that. And I really doubt any of his pay-per-views do make that much money because look at the, how the how many tag teams have to come into the Crockett Cup, even when they only do eight. So they got to pay those tag teams and then they usually pay a bunch of champions and they usually make it a couple of nights. Even if they sell out 800 tickets times two with $1,600, 600 tickets, there's still the cost of running the pay-per-view. There's whatever the f- cost fight gets. There's the advertisement cost. There's everything else associated with that. I don't know what his profit margin is on NWA pay-per-views, but I can't see them being high. I always just assume they were lost leaders to get the company name out there. Well, under theory, according... Now, this goes way back to the beginning when power started and the pay-per-views, and this was a Dave Lagana statement. Dave Lagana basically claimed... That, you know, they started with a pay-per-view and then, or no, I guess they actually did do a run. But the idea was that the pay-per-view was going to pay for the set of tapings that followed, which is why there were basically only tapings after the pay-per-view, because that's where they made their money for to be able to do the tapings. James Bell says he did an interview this week, I believe, where he said he lost money, but that is not why they didn't hold another event at this time. Uh, 
yeah, he supposedly claimed something to the effect that there were not enough women who could do the NWA style of wrestling, but I don't know what the NWA style is. This is more sports entertainment based than anything, and I would say they have plenty of sports entertainment based people. I think what he really means is that he couldn't get enough names this time around that would make it attractive because I doubt Impact or a or AEW would send anybody this time, especially AEW. Uh, what would Luthez do says, no second empire this year was definitely an O moment for me when I heard that would be the case. Yeah, it surprised, it surprised me, but only in the sense that that was probably my first clue that there was something going on between Billy and, and uh, Nick since that was... Uh, you know, Empower wasn't Billy's baby, it was uh, Mickey's baby. And that did kind of clue me in that maybe there was more going on behind the scene. And then Jay came back. Hey, guys. Jay, what's... Did you hear anything we just talked about? I heard a little bit about it. I had to, I had to walk away from the computer for a moment, so I didn't hear the most recent thing. Well, we were talking about the fact that Billy had made a statement that he had lost money on Empower, and that may or may not have affected whether he chose to, chose to do another Empower. Well, but I was making the statement, I go, if that's the case, then he's had to have lost money on all his pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah. Because that sold more tickets than any of the others. So I'm sure it had a pretty high buy rating, because there were a lot of people interested in that one. You know, well, what, what I understood um, is, is basically this. Um, that it was his thought that there was no reason to do a second one unless it could top the first one. And the fact that he did no, he did not have access to any more AEW talent. Um, he just felt like it was kind of unnecessary. It was never supposed to be a annual pay-per-view. It was like, Hey, we're going to do something to empower people. And he, he empowered the women's division uh, while, you know, accepting help from AEW and impact. And he said that he was going to try to do a second one and had some discussions early on with impact, but just felt like they couldn't top what they already did. Now, I don't know if I agree a hundred percent with what's being said about that, but I can also understand like, Hey, if, it, if you can't improve on what you've already done, maybe you shouldn't do a second one. Well, I've said in past years, Things like that only work if they're special. You start doing them every year, and they're not that special anymore. I think we saw that with Crockett Cup in the 80s. Yeah. Where attendance tanked after just, you know, three years of it. Yeah. And here's my thought on what Billy was saying, or at least what you were saying, what Billy was saying. Yeah. Um. What they lost was AEW television coverage. The Impact Women's roster was better around the second time that they were doing the set, would have done the second in power. And there was a lot of other free agent talent out there that they could have used. And what they didn't have is that publicity being on TNT and the people out there. I, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. Because you're right, like the talent wasn't that much better. I mean, look, legit Layla was uh, a fine opponent for Camille, but does legit Layla sell a pay per view? AEW Center C team. There was no one that was on that pay per view 
that was better than what's available now. You know what I mean? Like Chelsea Green was on that pay-per-view, but she's still available. She's working with the NWA. Uh, you know, Kylan King is working with the NWA. Uh, you know, that they could have got, uh, you know, if they could have worked with Impact, they could have brought in, you know, the virtuoso Deanna Perrazzo. They could have brought in, um, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Tasha Steeles. Or hell, they could have uh, done nothing with Impact and, and worked with somebody like, uh, 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 what's her name? Um, Marie Canellis. Marie Canellis Bennett and the WWA, the all women's division. Hell, I'll take it a step further. There's a little wrestling promotion that has TV. It's basically a television show that has a lot of somewhat good uh, women's wrestlers. Some of them really good called uh, uh, women of wrestling. And they could have done something with them because they're not running annually either. They're not running every month. They're running quarterly television taping just like uh, the NWA is. I think that would have been very mutually beneficial for both parties if they would have partnered with somebody like that to do a pay-per-view. They could have had the former Iconics or the Inspiration or whatever they were called for the work in Impact at the time. Sure. They could have had uh, Tennille Dashwood. Yeah. She, she was, was now back as Emma. She was available then. Um there was a lot of women wrestlers. I can't think of unfortunately my brain's just stopped at the moment, but there was a lot of women wrestlers available that had some kind of name. Like I said, it wasn't I really, really don't believe it wasn't the talent. It was the fact that they couldn't get the publicity on AEW that made the difference. I mean, that was probably Keelan. I mean, in a, it's been so long. If I remember part of that deal with AEW, of course, was part of the Thunder Rosa contract buyout. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's part of what happened there. Uh, you know, we, we got to be careful in looking at some of these things. Like the reasoning, oh, well, if we can't do better, then let's not do it. Well, you know, that sounds good as a reason to only do it once or whatever. But then you start thinking, you know, I don't know that some of their pay-per-views this year are better than what they put out last year. No, that's, I mean, that's, they're, and, that's actual. They're, and they're, so if you... So if if you follow that logic, then they wouldn't be doing pay per views this year because, quite frankly, they don't have anywhere near <laughs> near as good pay per views this year or as interesting pay per views this year. Yeah, no, I mean that's and again we're speaking derivatively of what Billy has said to the public. What the real reason is, I don't know, but I've heard people say, "Well, Billy doesn't care about women's wrestling." Well, I, I don't think he would have done those that show and continue to put on like women's wrestling within the NWA. I mean, let's face it, the Burke is not treated like a special attraction. The Burke is treated like a legitimate women's world championship, and it's featured heavily on the program. And, and some of the women they've had challenged for that title in the last just few pay-per-views have been pretty solid female talent. And, and you know, even though they don't have – a very strong tag team division. They brought in tag team titles to help cultivate women's pro wrestling. I, that's I, I can't buy into the fact that people think that Billy doesn't care about women's wrestling. Maybe he's not doing it the way they want him to, but I don't think you can just say, "Oh, he's 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 poo pooing on women's wrestling." Well, sometimes I, two things that sound contradictory can be true, and that I don't know that Billy cares about women's wrestling. He might not. 
But neither did. But, but not caring about it is not the same as not liking it or not wanting it. You know, if you truly don't care, that's it. I have a feeling the women's tag team titles were probably a Mickey James thing. Maybe. And, and that it brought up and that it gave them uh, something to do for Empower. Yeah. You know, a title to because they weren't going to take the title off Camille. So how do you get that title change? I mean, he talked about a women's TV title, and then you've noticed that since this thing has gone with all this, that all talk of that title has disappeared. Yeah. And so, will they bring it back? Maybe. I don't know. I hope not, because it's not needed. <laughs> I also can't remember who I'm paraphrasing. I think it might be Brian Last, but... There's not enough top women talent right now in the entire industry. <clears throat> and what is, is monopolized in some of the bigger companies. And even then, I don't think there's enough top women wrestlers right now. It, possibly if they sign some other ones to AEW, they can make it. But there's a lot of women wrestlers on that card that don't really need to be on television. And that's the problem I think right now is the only way you can get top level level women wrestlers is to constantly feature women's wrestling. And that's something I majorly disagree with Jim Cornette on about half the country is women. And that's a untapped market that you can get into, but the only way to get the top superstar women wrestlers over time is to have something there for the women to attach to. And while they may not be the great now, hell they're half of them are at least worlds better than some of the ones we've had before. Not everybody can be Jazz or Victoria or Mickey James. And there was a lot of WWE divas who also did not belong in any way, shape, or form inside that ring other than to look good. But you need those women wrestlers out there that are mediocre so women can grab a hold and gravitate so we can eventually have enough women wrestlers out there so every promotion can do it. And I think if you look at the NWA and who they've used in some of the the list of women, like, look, not everyone has been Camille. Not everyone's been a Kylan King or a Taya Valkyrie or even a, a Allison Kay. They've used women who are subpar. We all know this, uh, you know, and, and not to, you know, stir the pot because she recently departed. But, you know, when, when, uh, uh, gosh, I already, I already forgot her name and she's not even been gone yet. Um, when Taryn Terrell, uh, was there like you know she she only had limited matches and she wasn't what she was in Impact but she was mediocre she was there to help get o- other talent over um, you know we we had Melina there who did the same thing just she's a former WWE Women's Champion and she was a, a, a you know Hall of Famer in some circles but in the NWA she was mediocre at best. She was there just to help some of the other talent get over. And I think that's what you have right now with Angelina Love as well as just someone there to have that veteran presence to help get some of the younger girls over, some of the newer talent over. <laughs> Luthes, Luthes is mediocre as the NWA's wheelhouse. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, there's some truth to that. Like, look, there is a lot of truth to that. I mean... We, we are going to have a TV champion crown between Jordan Clearwater and AJ Kazana. And I don't necessarily dislike AJ Kazana, 
but this guy hasn't doesn't have the win loss record in the NWA to be to even be challenging for the TV title, let alone being in the finals to, to crown a new champion. And the same thing with Jordan Clearwater. As much as I love Jordan Clearwater in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, where he's the world champion, uh, in the NWA he's a, a flunky to you know flunky to uh, Tyrus. And he hasn't really shined as a singles competitor in the NWA. Here's the problem. Not necessarily saying the NWA has mediocrity, but a true value of the diamond doesn't happen when it's taken out of the ground. The true value of the diamonds it comes after it's cut and shined. So that's brilliant, my friend. True value of the diamond is because most well, of the but yeah, it's because of the beers the company, but we'll completely ignore that. <laughs> but still the the value of the diamond, the perceived value of the diamond is after it's cut. Well, there's a lot of talent the NWA has that could be considered well above mediocre. EC3, The Pope, um, Jordan Clearwater. There's a lot of talent that could be shined up and made into stars. But the problem is you need a jewel smith to be able to do it, not some amateur who's got a knife and a magnifying glass and thinks they're a diamond cutter. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm actually going to, challenge the statement a little bit in that mediocres in the NWA's wheelhouse if we add to the thing by the NWA's own doing. We've talked about before we've seen Kratos, Pero, uh, Clearwater and other wrestlers look much better outside the NWA. So they're mediocre in the NWA. It's not so much because the NWA has mediocre wrestlers. It's because they can't book them. Yeah. And Billy and Tony Khan have, you know, more and more in common every time I think about it. And that these are guys that do not know how to book with the idea of building and getting over. And, you know, an example of that is that the one match I'm looking forward to seeing the world tag team title match had a beautiful story to come out of the, out of the last pay-per-view where the Hawkeye were in the, world titles and lost and whatever and something that could have been beautifully told and built but not overdone throughout the course of this of this tapings and yet I don't know that they ever encountered each other really and so and then it's not until the very last moment the last title that they fill for the you know for defenses and finding the top contender for the pay-per-view is the tag titles where they put where the people they crown are people they should have been building a story with the entire taping yeah and so you know I know we've kind of gone a long way off where we were originally talking about all this but you know one of all this's problems which Billy Mets do is that, you know, this is one of those things where I think when each of them complains about the other, they're probably right. Oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. Look, I <clears throat> real quick. Let me go off on just a second here. What you just said is so true because I have heard from my insider sources who've said the same thing. Like, look, nothing that Nick Alda said was factually incorrect, right? Like he he wasn't comfortable with the direction the brand was going. He didn't like Gags the Gimp. How many of us don't like Gags the Gimp, right? Like what he was saying, I think most of us agree exactly with what he was saying. I know the, the caveat to that, though, is would he be saying that if he was booked as the world champion right now? That's a different story. But him him talking about uh, the way he felt slighted by Billy and, and he felt like his wife felt slighted by Billy, I believe that's true. And I also believe that Billy doesn't think he did anything wrong. I also believe that's true. Oh, like, you know, when Billy said, you know, there's no one that's been higher paid than Nick Aldis and nobody who gripes more than Nick Aldis. I'm, I don't doubt that for one minute. Not not even the slightest. Especially when you hear how he was at the, what was it, Primetime Live, whatever those pay-per-view he, things were. He was very much said to be, I wasn't there. I mean, I was there at the taping, and I didn't see him after the match. I didn't see him much before the match. Uh, I saw him before the, the event started, and he wasn't in a good mood. He was in a very bad mood, and he, and he poo-pooed on the whole thing, and he came in there like a prima donna and thought that the whole world revolved around him. And maybe it should have, right? Maybe it should have, but shit happens and things went awry. You make the best out of a bad situation. That's what a professional does. I don't understand why he ever went all, uh, you know, I don't understand why he did the way he did. And, Some and, people and, buy into their own hype. That's the problem. Yeah. But also, uh, I hate to use this term, but sometimes artists have a unique outlook to sure. their art form. And I think that's the same with wrestlers. Wrestler, you're the only thing that sometimes makes a wrestler great is he believes he's great, and then he's yeah. good at making anybody else believe he's great. So, to sometimes to believe you're great, you have to put out the air that you're great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think, I think the disconnect comes from you don't have to like everything that I do. If I'm booking you, right, you don't have to enjoy everything that I'm doing. But the minute you start going public, right, and talking to the dirt sheets or just literally sharing it on your own social media, putting down the product when you're still getting a paycheck, I do feel like there's some I feel like that wasn't right. I feel like and this is where I agree with Billy Corgan, which I don't agree with him on a lot of this, but I agree that. Aldous should have said, okay, keep my head down. Here's my notice. I'm going to do what I need to do to get through the next 53 days or whatever it was. And then at the end of it, I'm going to go do whatever's next. He didn't need to. It, 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 so when he blocked me on social media, he sent me a message to tell me that he blocked me. And it's like, hey, this isn't an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. And the same thing could be said here in this situation. Look, there's 101 different reasons why you move on from any job. And in the world of pro wrestling, what more could he have done in the NWA to solidify his status within the NWA? It's time to try the new, you know, what to see if the grass is greener. It's time to try free agency. Maybe AEW would be interested. Maybe WWE would be interested. 
but to go out there and start shit talking the company that literally put you on on the map because let's be honest Brutus Magnus was not getting the same hype that Nick Aldis was and Brutus Magnus was on a nationally televised uh opportunity program it was on what was it on Paramount Plus or 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 whatever that channel was Spike TV he was in the NWA and people sw- sung his praise because they 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 had a very good working relationship and I don't know at the end of the day he did it to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood start poo-pooing on Dave Marquez. He didn't get what he wanted in in the NWA and now he's poo-pooing on Billy Corgan. I think that's very unprofessional and that's something that I don't think is was a good move. Yeah. It's it's not smart. And, and you know look, he's been there 5 years. About the same amount of time that Adam Pierce was on top. Yeah. And it's about about the same amount of time that Harley Race was on top. Yeah. You know, Ric Flair was kind of the enigma that he went forever. And probably longer than he should have even. But, uh, yeah, it's it's time. And even with, like, Taryn Terrell, she came out. She made a big deal over the fact that she was at least getting to announce it first. She was kind of professional in her announcements in her thing, you know, wishing everybody the best. Typical, yeah. typical you know, raw, raw stuff. Some stuff has come out since that said, ah, well, maybe she wasn't happy with them either. You know, maybe she wasn't, but. And you, you know, know what? That, that's you know, and typically when people leave, they're not. You know, yeah. you know somebody's not happy with somebody. Either the promoter's not happy with them or. They're not happy with the promoter. Yeah. And that's fine. And, but, you know, at least the way she handled it was, I still don't think the best, but better. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's the thing. Like, okay, so I don't know how her contract was structured. And I really don't know how Nick Aldis's contract is structured other than that he was under contract until the end of the year. He could have done a lot of different things. He could have asked for his release. He could have, there's so many, so many things he could have done that he didn't do. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's that done. We know of. Yeah, right. That we know of. But at the end of, but, but with all that being said, it's done. And no matter what Nick says at this point, no matter what Billy says at this point, it's the relationship's done and it's time to move forward. Now, uh, I know Nick Aldis will be on Busted Open tomorrow, I believe. Um, I know he did an interview with uh, not Sam. I, I don't. I know he's a wrestling personality, but I'm not super familiar with him. So, I mean, he will get his message out there as well. And you'll hear probably him lay into Billy Corgan just like Billy Corgan laid into Nick Aldis. And, and he'll probably call Billy Corgan a mark for himself and all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, the legacy that the two built together – has brought us to this point and now it's done and now it's time for new stars to step up it's time for new talent to emerge to the top and look let's be honest nick aldis hasn't been booked at the top of the card for almost a year now he had the main event match at crockett cup and he lost that was a matt cardona match that wasn't a nick aldis match 
So, I, I mean, I don't know why everyone's acting like the world is falling, like the sky is falling, the world's coming to an end because Nick Aldis is leaving. Yeah, I thought he was a great talent. I'd like to see him back someday. But you know what? The NWA will survive. They always have, they always do. It will be interesting to see, though, who they do hang their hat on now. Oh, 100%. And, and like, look, the rumor's out there right now. Tyrus is going to win the title. The rumors are out there right now. Matt Cardona might win the title. And, 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 and there's so many things that could happen. But at the end of the day, Saturday is almost like the first day of this new NWA. It'll, it'll, whatever happens, it's going to be different. Well, yeah, we won't know where it's going next. Uh, somebody somewhere reported, I didn't, that since he was on the Fox News and stuff like that, but that some Tyrus merch, I don't know, a Bendy, uh, Something. Oh yeah, yeah the the bendies, and I think that's the Matt Cardona. Um, uh, I know that they make bendy figures on his podcast. Like they produce their own action figures, I guess the bendy figures, and this was one of the top selling. Yeah, I was gonna say apparently Tyrus is one of the top selling ones. But it's real easy. It's real easy to buy a toy off of a website. It's it's something else entirely to get to a wrestling show and to cheer on your guy. Yeah, and so. you know, I don't know. I don't want Tyrus as champion. And so hopefully all the stories about new belts and everything or specialized belts or whatever are just disinformation out there. Uh, really, if I had to go between Tyrus Murdoch and uh, Cardona, I keep the title on Murdoch for now. I, uh, I, think that's, I think that's the right move, too. But let me ask you this. If they end up putting the belt on Tyrus, are you done? Are you finished with the NWA? I can't. I don't know that I'll ever be finished with the NWA. (laughs) So you're like me. We're stuck. I mean, (laughs) it's hard. That's what she said, by the way. She wasn't wrong. And <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to justify that anyone should watch it. I mean, I can't really tell anybody, oh man, you need to go get this show and you need to go get the subscription or you need to go watch watch it on YouTube. I I just really can't because most of the people I know who like wrestling like what I like, and that would be like saying, "Hey, you know, go go find the worst comedy from the year, you know, from the '90s," because nobody remembers the '90s anyway. So go find the worst comedies from the '90s and watch some of them. Real quick, uh, and Jeremy brings up a good point: Could this all still potentially be a work? Why did Nick plug Billy Bean on Busted Open? And I think the biggest reason for that is because, okay, (laughs) so let's take two more steps back while we talk about this for a minute. One thing we do know about Billy Corgan is he's not always the easiest person to work with. He has alienated a lot of people over the years, including his bandmates from Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Does anyone remember DRC? Am I saying that right? Uh, 
besides just bandmates, I mean, the working relationship that he had with Dave Marquez, gone. The working relationship he had with Dave Lagana, gone. Nick Aldis, gone. Josephus, Josephus was very close with, with Billy Corgan. Uh, I know that they even said that he had been to his house. He was on the road with them filming with Dave Lagana. It was the three of them on, on the road for like 30 days. Before he passed away, their relationship was not in a good situation. And there's a, there's history. There's a series of if Billy has doesn't trust you, you're gone. And there's people in the front office of the NWA that we knew early on who are no longer with the NWA. I mean, does anyone remember Maureen? Gone. Well, you know, I think one of the issues there that we looked at, I don't know that Billy ever had a relationship with Dave Marquez. Maybe not. I think I, I, Dave, Dave Lagana and Marquez knew each other. Sure. And I think that was relationship. And this comes from a statement that, uh, you know, Belts by Dan had made when somebody asked, you know, why he wasn't making the NWA titles anymore, Belts. And he said, really, his contact was through Marquez yeah. and Lagana. And so once Lagana left, it, I think Lagana was just delusional enough to think that Billy would need him and bring him back. I think for sure he thought he was coming back. 100% he thought he was coming back. And I think once he was gone, Billy was like, well, great. Now I don't have – I think Logano was the one guy that could filter Billy's stuff. I think Billy would say, we need to book this, and Logano would go, okay. But then he would try and filter it as best he could to something that made sense. Yeah. Even though I wasn't the biggest Logano fan, he – he and Billy both had chips on their shoulders that were too, too big, and they cared about too much. Yeah. And uh, but I think when Logano was gone, well, then that kind of ended the relationship with Marquez because I don't think Billy really had a relationship with Marquez. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's any coincidence that Dave kind of disappeared once Logano disappeared. I mean, like they worked together sort of on that prime time, but. My understanding is that that didn't even go the way it was originally supposed to go. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like that, I mean, from my understanding, and again, I have a close relationship with Dave Marquez, and, and that I don't keep that a secret. Marquez would tell you that he was part of those conference calls. He was on those meetings uh, during the pandemic, post-Dave Lagana. Uh, you know, he was, he was at one point uh, offered – to kind of do what Dave Lagana did for the brand, but wanted to focus more on the United Wrestling Network. There was a lot of things going on during the pandemic. Had the pandemic not happened, maybe none of this would be happening today, but obviously it did. But, but you know, there was a lot of things that were moving before, you know, b- before Pat Kenny took over, before, you know, before uh, Maureen left, but, you know, before Dave Lagana left, as soon as the pandemic hit, things got shaky. And they still remain shaky even now. And, and this is just, you know, all of my inside information, that's all gone. I don't have any inside sources. But I know from, from what Nick Aldis has said publicly and what I heard privately in the past, he didn't love everything that uh, Billy was doing. And they clashed a lot 
on on the content. Uh, you know, but but again, I'm going to go back to what we said earlier. You know, we we've been saying it since since the season started, since the uh, since they came back from the pandemic. It's nothing new. It's just now that person was saying it behind closed doors, now saying it publicly. So I don't know. So do you want to talk about the pay per view? Yeah, we could do that. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to put up these comments. Dave Scooby says, should put Lagana under a mask, let him continue to work. At this point, Lagana has no desire to work with the NWA. None. Uh, Vincent says, I heard a lot of issues people had with Billy is his insistence on comedy and silly gimmicks. I think Aldis wanted to bring in someone to help with the creative like Delirious. I still think that's a great idea. But, um, you know, Billy even said on Busted Open uh, that not everything he does is for wrestling fans, that they're trying to get a deal with the television network. And some of the stuff he does is to draw in casual fans. But, like, I got to be honest, I don't see a casual fan turning it on and seeing Gags putting his tongue in Taryn Terrell's ear and saying, yeah, this is the show I've been waiting for. Well, I was about to say, you know, look, you can't focus on the casual fan. No. Because if a casual fan don't give a fuck. Sorry. No, you're good. Ding. You, you can ding me one. But, uh, you know, they don't. Yeah. And they're not going to. And they're never going to. Yeah. And I think AEW proves that. Yeah. AEW audience, they've been around on TV, what, three years? That sounds right. Uh, their audience has not grown. Not really. And shoot, if you look at Rampage, it's Rampage ratings are tanking. I mean, we're talking 300 to 400,000 when the TV studio was wanting 500,000, was hoping for more since Dynamite was doing more. Yeah. And so. You, you, you're not going to draw the fans. You know, everybody said AEW was to draw the laps WWE fans. Well, you're not going to draw draw them by doing a lot of the same shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's the same with Billy and the NWA. Hey, don't book like it was TNA. <laughs> or AE or AEW or WWE because you want to get the casual. You know, I used to hear a lot of indie promoters just blast the hell out of WWE and say, well, you know, where where real wrestling is kind of all of AEW. Yeah. And and there were idiots out there. I'm sorry, Russell Talk guys. But don't tell me about how, oh, AEW is a totally different style. No, not really. No. And, you know, so, but, you know, they, they, they blast the product, but then try to put out the same thing. They steal all the gimmicks. Oh, money in the bank. Well, we'll have our own form of money in the bank. Oh, you know. The chip cash in. Chip cash, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, other indies do their own thing. 
that stupid championship challenge series where we had everybody. Uh, uh, have a chance to cash in. Some cashed in in advance, and some ca- and one cashed in at the moment. Two cashed in, I guess, at a moment. One, only one person won so far. We have a chance for our second one if Chelsea Green can come out with the title. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Lutha said, I borrowed a biker's ride and rode it 100 miles for a Wrestling Eye magazine because it had an NWA is still alive story in it. We are not casual fans. Uh, yeah, we are not the casual fans. And we are, I, I think there's more like us than, than than what Billy's trying to appeal to. So it's it's curious, right? And really, I hate to say it, but the only way that he's ever going to smarten up to this fact is when a lot of us start canceling their subscription. And it sucks because, you know, there are, there are a lot of bright spots to the NWA, but, you know, as it is, they're not going to change until we get forced them to. And at some point, if Billy is losing money and not, and it's not uh, a fun environment for him, he's going to do one of two things. He's either going to change to get better, meaning he's going to hire somebody to help out with creative and, and maybe have a, partnership uh on writing the storyline or he's just gonna shit can the entire thing throw it in the closet and forget about it well like i said anybody anybody and this is tony khan this is vince mcmahon this is billy corgan anybody that claims that they want to make a better, broader, more, you know, growing fan base, but refuse to give up the booking is flat out lying. Yeah. The person they are flat out lying to is themselves. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I always say a person lies to themselves more than they lie to anybody else. Right. But if Billy wanted this to be successful and Billy was getting, you know, not everybody gives Billy Flack or Gags the Gimp because not everybody wants this Nick Aldis and not everybody could stick around that long under thing. I mean, look, my understanding the reason that Joseph Hutton died hating Billy Corgan was because he was honest with Billy Corgan and told him that he didn't know what he was doing and uh, his booking was basically crap. Sure, he used, you know, nicer language, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But that's finally what, you know, did him in. Yeah. Billy didn't want to hear. Billy does not want to hear people who disagree with him. Yeah, well, that's – it's not just <laughs> – He's not the only one. Aldous was the same way. That's why Aldous is so block happy on the internet. Yeah. No, no, nobody wants criticism. And there's a difference between people who hate everything, just like there's a difference between people who love everything. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a fanboy fangirl to the extent that, oh, the NWA is doing it, therefore I just love everything they do. And isn't it great? And isn't Gags great? And, uh, no, they put out a lot of crap since Billy Corgan. I have disliked more than I have liked. 
<laughs> I mean, because I basically dislike power most of the time. Yeah. I like the pay-per-views most of the time. But I dislike power most of the time. And even some of the pay-per-views recently have not been as good, and they've certainly run too damn long. Please go back to, you know, just three hours or maybe even two. Yeah. Uh, especially when I have to, you know, drive back a couple of blocks to do <laughs> my thing. But, uh, you know, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just get a grip. Do you yeah. want to be? Do you want to be successful, or do you want to play Booker Promoter? If you want to play Booker Promoter and say, "Hey, I want to play Booker Promoter. I don't really care if this grows or doesn't grow. I'm enjoying myself, and that's all I care about." Give you props for honesty. I'll drop in every now and then and see who's doing what. But at least then I know I need to go somewhere else, do something else, you know, maybe find a new hobby to replace wrestling since so much of it's garbage anymore. Yeah. Well, you or, know, it, it, it's funny. Like, I, I posted on Twitter, like, you know, maybe uh, MLW would like us to start reviewing their show. And honestly, more people who are uh, interested in that than I thought they would be. It's actually kind of shocked. Like... Hey Jay, don't do that. We, we we need you to cover the NWA. No, not so much. Not so much. And uh, you know, now that Nick Aldis is gone, I wonder if uh, the locker room would be uh, acceptable to uh, to to coming on this show. I don't know. I like. I don't know if there was any like blowback from uh, people behind the scenes uh, wanting to be promoted on this podcast. I, I you know, I know that uh, I wouldn't even bother to ask some people to come on here because I know Aldis would be like, "What are you doing?" Maybe he'll come on now. He, you know what? It would be funny if he did. And, and because now he can come on and tell us where we were right. Yeah, uh, but the problem is, is I'm still blocked, so I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, well, that's what we have other people for. I have to take drugs. Take drugs. I'll start talking about something else. All right, you take. You talk about something else. All right. Oh, Jaden's here too. Hey, Jaden, welcome back. I hope you haven't been here long. Only Wait. about like ten minutes. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Uh, I was actually uh, looking for something to to show up on the screen, but I, I couldn't find it, so I didn't bother. Anyway, DK should message uh, all this and see if we'll come on and spill the and spill the tea. Well, what I'm hoping for is because uh, uh, our friend of the show, James Molino, did I say it right? Jim Molino, yeah. Jim, he doesn't go by James. Does not. Jim Molinol, uh, nope. had ex- expressed his interest in, in, in perhaps maybe bringing uh, the former world's heavyweight champion to Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. I mean, if that ever happens, I mean, maybe we can pull some strings and get, uh, you know, at least a uh, uh, a brief interview with the former world's heavyweight champion. I can tell you for a fact that when the belief was that he was living in Maryland until we realized he was working in uh, Nashville, there yeah. was talk to bringing in Aldis for something. Uh, Luther says he wants us to know that weed is now legal in Missouri. So if you needed another reason to visit St. Louis, there you go. Uh, you know, it, it's, 
and that's you know that's another part of this whole that's another wrinkle in all of this that is very very worrisome <laughs> because Nick Aldis literally lived in Nashville lives in Nashville he you know he sleeps his bed is in near Nashville within driving distance from where they were taping and if he did not opt out of his contract seemingly believably Billy Corgan would have kept paying him, even if he wasn't uh, at the main event. Maybe he would have asked him to take a, a little bit less. But at the end of the day, he'd still be paying Nick Aldis to wrestle the mid-card and could still sleep in his own bed. And if that was still a six-figure salary for basically 12 dates a year and being able to sleep in his own bed, and he said no to that? No wrestler in the right mind would like that. It's nice to get home early from an event. Um, the sure. best thing about dog is it's in my hometown. Sure. But um, when I was part of wrestling, we were going up to Maine down the, down to the Carolinas and everywhere in between. And that was part of the fun. Yeah. Uh, living like a rock star, having a different girl's house to sleep at every, every uh, <laughs> town. That was part of the fun. I mean, I, I get that. I totally do get that part of it, but, uh, it just, uh, it, it, I don't know. Look, I, I I can't pretend like I know what's going on in Nick Aldis's head. And like I said, maybe there is something else for him. Maybe he already has something booked. Maybe he already knows that there's something there that uh, he has opportunity. Um, it just, it's still just so wild. It's so uh, hard to believe that this, uh, this relationship has come to an end, you know? Like I said earlier, it's the best thing for Aldis. Yeah, I think, I think Aldis for- needs a change of scenery. I agree with that. I do agree with that. When if if you didn't want to change the scenery, you'd probably still be working at Best Buy. Yeah, uh, no, one hundred percent. And you're making great point. Hell, if I didn't want to change the scenery, I maybe I would have never done this podcast. You know? Yeah, hey, might have all- just been might have been an Ultimate Warrior podcast. <laughs> well, like remember back when we first started this podcast, it was strictly audio. And and it was still a few years before I even jumped into the podcasting when we were doing this website. You remember the message boards? You do. I don't know if anyone else in the chat remembers. Maybe Luthez does. But, I mean, there was a long time from the inception of the website before we did the podcast. And it was about going out of J. Cal's comfort zone to talk to people about wrestling because that was the thing you were supposed to do is have a podcast. It took a lot to get me to do the podcast. And then we started doing it. And... Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with that statement, but you have to break out of your comfort zone. You have to challenge yourself to do new things. Nick, all this has been on cruise control since losing the world heavyweight title. Like he hasn't done anything impactful for the NWA. What has he done since losing to Trevor Murdoch? That's like brought any swagger to the NWA. Honestly, he when he teamed with Mickey James to wrestle on Impact. Yeah, and that was you know that helped Impact. Yeah, but it still, it, they were NWA people. It still created some kind of interest, a little buzz in the NWA. Not obviously as much as Cody Rhodes, but... Right. Real quick, uh, Jaden, uh, media says, and I miss stealing the money back the girls would take from my wallet when they thought I was asleep. Did you ever do that, Jaden? Did you ever steal your money back? No, see, I always slept with my chain wallet on. <laughs> Fair enough. Kind of, you know... James Bell says NWA had a positive push going 
bang, pandemic. They recover and start a push with Cardona, and he gets hurt. A company has to tread water until Matt heals, and they can start the story again. F Nick. Oh! F Nick. I mean... It's not it's not as simple as black and white. Like there's both sides here have some uh, blame in this, right? Here's the problem: is people are taking sides when they have no idea what's really going on, and there's a lot of tribalism. There's people that are going to leave the NWA because of Nick. There's people that are going to go fuck Nick Aldis because of the NWA. Yeah. Uh, Did they say? I mean, I know I said fuck Staples when I left Staples, but but that's because they screwed me over, Uh, and that was years ago. But still, I remember that. Um, there's you that don't, sounds painful, though. Yeah, the staples. Well, fuck uh, you you first, you, first, you get the staple gun. I oh, wait. No, I, again, save that for my OnlyFans. That sounds like a Nick Cage match. Yeah, but people don't say when, like, when you go to another job and say, uh, "Oh man, you screwed over that other company because you left to go with a job that paid you better money or gave you better opportunity or didn't make you want to slap people all the time." DK. Um, you know, people don't say that when you go somewhere else, but they say that when you, when you leave the WWE or impact or anywhere else in the old days, you left the territory, you stayed there for a while. You got over, you got to the point where now you weren't the top person. So you moved somewhere else. You got somewhere where you weren't used very well, but then you usually go to another company and use the basically you got some companies that paid you better, but they didn't use you as well. But then you go to another company who used you well and they didn't pay you. You decide what was important to you. And to your sanity and what kept you fresh and what put you in front of different crowds and different audiences. That's the same thing for wrestling name now. People go, oh, he's a former WWE guy. That's because there was only WWE for really years. Yeah. There was never a problem with people leaving the WWF to the AWA to the Mid-South to the Jim Crockett promotions back in the day. Because that's what you did. It's so much territorial tribalism and so much brandism. That people need to realize that, you know, as a professional, you need to go places to keep yourself fresh and over and give yourself different people to work and different experiences. It's the same thing for all them damn 40 milers that never go anywhere except for writing their two promotions and they're close to their house. And one of them they that they're the booker for and they put them the championship on themselves. Yeah, no, that's it, everything you're saying is like it's truth, man. I always throw out the truth. I'm telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Oh, Jesus. You went back in time a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I uh, really did. <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. The NWA, uh, again, it's you're right, tribalism. There are people who are going to side and be like, yep, I'm on Nick Aldis' side. He's right, and they're going to follow Nick, and that's cool, man. That's that's absolutely your uh, – that's your option. And some of us are going to stick with the NWA, and, and again, that's your option. And some of us, like me, are I'm waiting to see what's next for Nick. I'm curious what he's going to do, and I'll I'll support it if it's good. You know, if 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 the whole rumors about the Jim Crockett promotion thing, if that's a real thing, I'll check it out. I'll see what it's all about. If he goes to AEW, I will celebrate him going to AEW. If he goes to WWE, same thing. The guy's a great athlete. All right, the personal feelings aside, he's a great athlete. Athlete, and he's an asset to any company. Whether they're going to be able to utilize him the way he wants to be utilized is a different story altogether. But at the end of the day, I still want to see Nick Alda succeed. And honestly, his success 
resonates with the NWA because if if he's successful elsewhere, it just shows what the NWA were doing was doing with, with him was right. I don't know. Okay, I gotta point something out that kind of goes along this line. Let's hear media, it. Media M five, I love you, but let's not get ridiculous again here. Let's see how many people buy his legacy supplement product. NWA pushed it hard. Probably won't be many renewals for the product. It was a raging, successful business before it ever started showing up on NWA. This is true. Okay. Don't this, and I'm I'm sorry to you know call you out, but this is the crap I'm talking about here. His legacy supplement thing has absolutely nothing to do with the NWA other than they bought some time on the cast to advertise. That's it. And how many people do you really think from the NWA are actually doing it in relation to to all the other promoting and publication and things that they do? It was a business they had before the NWA. It's something they did. It was successful. Let's Let's not go there. <laughs> Here, here's another thing, too. If you're buying supplements because it's promoted on a wrestling promotion and not because the supplements are any good, and if you stop buying supplements because somebody who's no longer with that wrestling promotion, you shouldn't have been buying those supplements in, in, in to begin with. Supplements are meant to be bought. Uh, supplements are meant to be bought because they help you and they do things for you and you want to improve yourself. If you're buying Nick Aldis's TRT or whatever the hell he sells, and you're buying it because it's Nick Aldis, then you honestly, you don't deserve any benefits you're getting. <laughs> and that's real talk right there. <laughs> you ain't wrong. You uh, ain't wrong. Matthew Underwood says, is this the Nick Aldis burial, burial hour? And I said, no, it's far from it. I think uh, yeah, I'll I've put said, him over. I constantly put him over. Maybe doing this show than we have in a lot of them. Yeah, uh, and and again, coming from the from the guy he called a ham sandwich eating jabroni, like yeah, I still want to see the dude succeed. Maybe he's meaning the locker room. I mean the uh, chat. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe uh, Dave Scooby says, "Remember, Nick's a former Global Force Wrestling Champion. Maybe Jeff can bring him into AEW in an invasion angle." Uh, just kidding, or am I? <laughs> I don't know, Scoob. That like, look, there's. AEW's doing some wild stuff to try to get stuff to stick. We'll see. I mean, look, maybe he's going to go to Ring of Honor, right? Maybe he'll be the face of Ring of Honor. Maybe he'll challenge Jericho for the title. Who the fuck knows? He'll probably be on Dark in a couple weeks. But who knows? Because, you know, that's how AEW goes. They get somebody, they put over the people with the ego, and then they disappear off television and show up on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. And then um, real quick, uh, Medium 5 says the other legacy soups subs have been around longer than Nick's. I don't know. Like, I, I've never even heard of the brand until I saw Nick uh, talk about it. And then James Bell says, that's fucking bullshit. NASCAR is built on fans of, of your driver in the work car buying the product. This is no different a reaction than us buying Alliance merch. Hey, no. Hold on now. Hold on. There's nothing wrong with you being mad that Nick Aldis is leaving. In my opinion, I'm of the I'm of the mindset is I don't care if he's gone, then I'm going to I'm going to continue to support the NWA, whether he's here or not. Not one person in the NWA is going to keep me a fan or not. 
But my favorite person in the, in the NWA right now is Jack Stane. If Jack Stane quits tomorrow, I don't stop watching the NWA because Jack's, Jack leaves. Likewise, there's not one person that they can bring to the NWA that would make me watch if I wasn't already watching it. You know, uh, I think that yeah, man, there's a, yeah, there's a few people that would could bring draw me in, uh, CM Punk specifically. But uh, again, you're you're allowed to like whoever you want to like, and you're allowed to dislike whoever you like. We're not here to tell you any of that. If you think Nick Aldis is an asshole, because look, I think he's an asshole. I do, but I also think he's a very talented asshole. I think he's an asset to anywhere he goes, and I do think that he should have shut his mouth on the way out the door. I agree with all that, but I'm also not going to tell somebody that you know, fuck Nick Aldis. And if you if that's you, that's cool, man. That there's no animosity for me. How you handle this information? It, yeah, it's, you know, my only issue is don't go saying that you know somehow his legacy supplements are gonna you know yeah go down the drain because. He's no longer on the NWA because the NW, NWA wasn't pushing him hard. The NWA didn't give a shit. He paid money for it. He yeah. probably still buy time for it. Who knows? Or to, is the NWA going to turn that down? Turn on the money? Or you know some other trade? Uh, Matthew Underwood says, you know, you just tune in. And all this is AEW bound. He's in the DNA of AEW and natural replacement for Cody Rhodes, in your opinion. Well, see, that's probably the problem. It's in your opinion. Tony Khan, Tony Khan fucks up everybody brings in. <laughs> and if he had problems working for for Billy, I can't imagine what kind of problems he'd have working for for Nick. Well, the just, one guy, the one guy he got right was uh, Moxley, right? I would say Moxley's more over now in AEW than he was in WWE. I'd say you're um, you're taking the wrong kind of supplements if you believe that. You think Moxley's more over or less over now? I don't believe he's any more over now than he was in that in the Shield. No. Okay. <clears throat> I believe I, the Shield was more over than just about anybody except right now, probably um, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. I think the. I would I would say he's more over in AEW with the AEW fans. Okay, that's fair. Than, than he was in WWE with the WWE fans, but uh, WWE fans are incredibly fickle. I mean, they were the ones that originally wanted Roman Reigns to break away from the group and become world champion, and then when that started, they said, "You're shoving him down our throat." <laughs> and a lot of them want to see him, want to see uh, Dean Ambrose win the title and not uh, Roman Reigns. And then he won the title and they didn't like that he was champion. And stuff. So WWE fans just sort of, you know, it, it, as, as, as bipolar as the former Booker. But, I mean, look, I, I have... More, <laughs> Oh, well, he's calling BS on you, Jaden. On what? But, uh, Bullshit. More people knew who... People still call Moxley Dean Ambrose. I mean... He might have been treated as a joke, but I know more people that call him Ambrose than, than, or WWE fans that call him 
and Moxley that are AEW fans. Hell, yeah, I mean, WWE has four times as many fans watching the show. Four times as many means four times as many know who you are. Four is bigger than one, Matthew. I mean, look, there is truth to that. The ratings uh, are for the WWE are much higher than AEW. And same still, thing for the YouTube views. Same thing for the pay-per-view buys. And, and when you look at wrestling as a whole, right, the common fan, when they think of wrestling, they don't think of AEW. They don't think of the NWA. They don't think of ECW. They don't think of New Japan. They think of the WWE. How many people call cute cotton swabs Q-tips? How many people call bleach Clorox? Over is greater than better known. Uh, Bullshit. Better I'm, known I'm, means I'm more back money. To what I said. He is more over with AEW fans than he was with WWE fans. That doesn't mean he's more over in general. All right. Let me explain something to you. This is the, the Republican way of thinking. A lot of Republicans like to believe that they have a whole pie is better than having half of a pie, even if having half the pie ends up being more pie. Right. That is a lot of belief. That is the republic. That is generally the way Republicans promote their their economic thing. I'm learning about it now in class. So, just because more people in AEW like him, he's got a bigger, more popular in AEW. There's way less people watching AEW. He may only been half as popular in the WWE. That's twice as many people that are watching it. Again, math. Rosbill is shaking their head, but I don't know who they're agreeing with. I, I look, look. I think it's great that we have this fired up conversation about uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. But at the end of the day, none, none of it's the NWA. Now Nathan Ogden brings up the fact that the NWA is a dead brand. But man, I hear you say that. I hear you say it's a dead brand. But I'm flying to New Orleans this Saturday morning to be at a pay per view Saturday afternoon to hang out with my buddy DKM over here, and we're going to watch an NWA wrestling show. It's a pay per view. I paid for tickets. I'm I literally watch it every Tuesday on Fight, and I watch it on sometimes on Saturdays. <laughs> and then and then Ogden says, "No, it died '91." Well, I, I hate to break it to you, but '91. When you said it died, it was still two years later before uh, New Japan left the promotion. It was two years after that that uh, the uh, WCW left the promotion, 93. And then five years after that, it was being represented in the WWE. And then, you know, in between that, ECW was involved with it. And they threw the belt down and they said it was dead then. But then Impact, five years after they were working with the WWE, Impact signed an agreement to to license the NWA, and you had the NWA matches on pay per view, which we hadn't seen since like 1986. But but it it was dead in '91, but then in in in, in 2000 it was on Impact, and then in the five years later it was headlining arenas all across the United States, and I'm talking in Southern California, in Texas, in Florida, and in. in the Northeast with NWA on fire. They had television. There was dozens of wrestling promotions representing the NWA. The World's Heavyweight Championship was on uh, many different programmings, including Ring of Honor, including Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, including Combat Zone Wrestling. And, and then five years after that time period, then we see the championship being defended in New Japan Pro Wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. 
So you you could tell me it's a dead brand all day, Nathan. You could that if that's what you believe, great man. But like, I'm seeing the same NWA, different ownership, different champions, but it never stopped being defended. It never disappeared. If it's dead to you, that's I, I hey man, I can't help you on that. But I mean, I watch the show every Tuesday, and it's still those same three letters. And 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 you said stop living in the past. We can't go back to the hood old day, the good old days. That's cool. You could say that, but again, Saturday. Yeah, tell Disney that. Tell Star Wars that. Tell Marvel that. Tell DC that. Tell uh, every movie that's being remade seventy five thousand times. They constantly go back to the good old days. You taking your member berries? Because I member berries sure make sure you remember them good. Remember them good old days. And like I said, this Saturday, I'm going to a pay-per-view. So that's in the future. And it's it's called NWA's Hard Time 3. And they've done three of them. Or they're doing the third one. They're doing the third one. And, and again, like Matthew Underwood's right here. The NWA should be pivoting to Cardona while grooming Clearwater. Yeah, there's like 10 guys on the roster that they could pivot to. I mean, look, Jack Stane is a former champion. Matt Cardona is a former champion. Uh, you know, could it be Tyrus? I don't want it to be Tyrus, but it could be Tyrus. They're making and, that and big fat belt for him that's also the size of the equator, but it could still be him. Probably going to be him now. Again, Nathan. Nobody about saying- the age of 35, really, because we got a lot of wrestling fans that are like anywhere between the age of like seven to 60 that show up in dog, and they sure love the old school wrestling, and they keep telling us, saying it's the best wrestling promotion in South Jersey, because it is. People care about stuff. You're saying nobody over 35 sells like things like that. What about people who kids buying all the Transformers? Guess what? That was around when I was a kid. What about people doing He-Man now? Let's run around when I'm out. Yes, yeah, I agree. Please, no timers. I okay, was... what, about, what about Star Wars? That was out before the year I was born. People don't care about old stuff. Then why is Star Wars so popular right well, now? Well, you know, you know, look, to... <laughs> Almost down and remember that I need to get off in about 10 minutes so I can actually get packed after dark. So I can actually get packed. Uh, look, what, what was the name of our little NWA's dead guy? NWA dead guy? No, the guy that was saying it. Who oh, was Nathan. that? Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. Uh, Nathan, if the NWA's dead, you're watching the wrong podcast. Look, here's the thing. If the NWA is dead, a lot of promotions, a lot of promotions were never born. Yeah, and that includes MLW, that includes ROH. That I mean, you know, let's let's just. No, I don't know. That'd be any more disrespectful to the NWA's legacy than Microplata. And <laughs> hey, real quick, I want to say this though too, Nathan. Just because you got us fired up doesn't mean we don't enjoy the conversation. Come back next week. We'll talk some more wrestling if you're here. And it'll be about the NWA. Well, can you talk about this zombie, the NWA, that won't stop chewing on everybody in its way? The NWA is like a cockroach, man. It doesn't die. It's going to outlive all of us. Doesn't matter how many times you try to kill it. It does not die. ECW tried to kill it. ECW did. ECW been dead twice. They died on their own. And the clown brought them back to be goofy, and then they died again. That's why the ECW had a zombie. 
Oh. We were supposed to go over the pay-per-view, but we're running out of time. Real oh, quick. the pay-per-view. Everybody who we think will win won't. <laughs> everybody who we want to win probably won't. Real okay. quick, go over the matches, and we'll spend five, ten seconds each saying who we're going to win. Okay, here we go. Hard times. Mercurio, Magic Jake, and Jack Stane taking on Mayweather, JTG, and the Pope. I hope uh, uh, I hope lung cancer wins with Magic Jake. Dane's group. All right. The heels win. Okay. Next up for the television title, who do we got? Kazana or Clearwater? I want Clearwater. I want Clearwater, but it'll be Kazana. I think it's it's definitely going to be Kazana, which is a shame. Uh, next up, World Junior Heavyweight title, Homicide, Kerry Wharton. Damn well I hope homicide, homicide. Okay, I'm sorry, DK. I said damn well better be Homicide. I won Homicide. I think Morton's going to win it. Uh, I agree. Now, this match is officially canceled, so we'll go, we'll just move on. We've got the uh, the Fixers versus the Spectaculars. Who's going to walk away as your new United States Tag Team Champions? And which belt well, do they have? Yeah. I think Vinny's Cousins are going to win. All right. Uh, the Fixers better win. Um, pretty Empowered. Or Maddie and Misa? I want Maddie and Misa. I think Misa pick pretty empowered. <laughs> I'm a big Ella Envy fan. The uh, American treasure, Dak Draper or Scion? Draper is incredibly talented, and in the future, I think he may make a great champion, but right now it's Scion's time. Uh, and what do you think, DK? Scion. I I think Scion's gonna win, but I agree with you, Jane. I think I think Dak Schraper is the guy that is really gonna be this is with Aldis leaving, this is a guy that has opportunity to really break through the next next level. Hey Roswell um, says uh Cassana is the future of the NWA baby. Learn it learn about it with a thinking face emoji. And I wanna know what she's smoking and where and where I can get some. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go back to the uh, to the matches. Uh, next up, we have. Oh, I should take down the the comment there. Let me take that down. We got EC three versus Tom Latimer. Who you got, Jaden? I want EC three to win, but I'm starting to not dislike Latimer anymore. So, uh, but I still want EC three to win. DK. Well, Latimer should win, which is why EC three is going to. Real quick, do you think that the winner of this match is going to be leveraged in the world title pitcher down the road? I think if it's Latimer, he will be. If I don't know that if it's EC3. I I don't know that EC3, despite his title runs in TNA, right now is at a world champion, an NWA world champion. He's a smaller guy. He's only about 210 pounds. Uh, it's also felt. Yeah, uh, with the exception of Cardona, they've stuck with the bigger guys. I tend to think they'll probably do that again. I mean, Cody doesn't count because Cody was Cody. Cody was Cody. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, next match, the uh, Voodoo Queen Casket match, Natalia Markova versus Max the Impaler. 
I think Natalia Markova's um, surgical doctor wins, but I think the Maxine Paler comes out the victor in this match. DK? Yeah, I think Maxine Paler is probably a face, despite the fact that she's with uh, Dumbo. Yeah, it's 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 hard to root against Max because they are so dominant in the ring. And I really feel like Max has the best luck at dethroning Camille so far. I think Max is the best person to do it. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Max goes over Natalia right here. She's still like disposable. Natalia, unfortunately, they haven't done enough to make her meaningful yet. She needs to get some more victories before she gets higher on the roster, and I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, next up we have, uh, oh, excuse me, this match, the triple threat match with Kylan King, Camille, and Chelsea Green. Any uh, any uh, guesses? I think Chelsea Green goes back to the WWE. All right. So, and I can't see Kylan King def- defending, defeating Camille unless she pins Chelsea Green. And that's something stupid that they might do. But I just hope they keep the bell on Camille, even though she's starting to get tired as champion. And she should be going out to greener pastures where she can get more exposure and use her talent. Um, that She's right now the best thing the NWA has. So, Camille. GK? Uh, I'd like for Camille to win it, but I think it's actually a toss-up. I'm, especially since Camille doesn't have to take the loss, and I can see them doing something stupid like that. Another rumors that Chelsea Green's that Hunter is interested in bringing Chelsea Green back. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it would also involve Cardona going back or not. Because I'd always heard Hunter liked Zach. So you know, I I I, I, I wanted to stay on Camille. I don't know that it will. To be honest with you, I kind of wish they would take the belt off of Camille, but I don't think there's a I don't think there's a bad choice in this. And even if Chelsea Green ends up back in the WWE at some point in 2023, uh, taking the belt off Camille just for a brief moment might give a chance to see the belt somewhere else. Um, you know, there's still a lot of good talent in the NWA, and I don't know that I want Kylan King to win the title, but uh, I, I don't hate I don't hate any of the uh, the options. Camille's probably the best option, though. Okay, uh, next. <laughs> sorry, main event, Murdoch. This is the uh, Murdoch, uh, Tyrus, and Cardona triple threat match. Um, does, does Trevor leave as champion? As much as I think he should, I don't think he does. I'm putting money on uh, Tyrus winning and pinning Matt Cardona. Jaden? I mean, uh, DK? Sorry. There seems to be a concerted effort to make us believe that Tyrus is going to win. Now, sometimes that's done as a swerve. Uh, Murdoch should come out as champion. They've killed Cardona. And with that stupid Rolando, Rolando, regurgitate, whatever, Freeman storyline. So... Missouri DKM from what I don't remember what we're talking about, Lou. That's where you get the drugs. Oh, getting the drugs in Missouri. Okay, thanks. <laughs> they need drugs. I, that that, that probably will be up there for the next uh, anniversary show. Uh, 
They need drugs, by the way. The St. Louis Blues are playing there, uh, Luthez. Um, real quick, uh, Luthez wants to know, does the UK plate stay or go with Aldis's exit? And if it does get replaced, what does it get replaced with? I think it probably – I mean, the belt supposedly already made. So it'll be one of two things. It'll either go back to the classic or – more than likely, they'll just keep the belt because does it really matter what flags on it? Um, the two matches that I didn't have graphics for that I want to ask you guys about too is um, we have the MLW Open Weight uh, National Championship between Davey Richards and uh, Colby Carino. Jane, I know you're a big fan of Colby Carino. What do you think? Oh, Davey Richards, he's not going to lose an MLW title <laughs> on an NWA card. DK? Oh, yeah. I mean, who's going to win is August. The question is, can he make Colby look as good as he made Thrillbilly look? No Thrillbilly, no Thrillbilly at this show, by the way. I did notice that. And, you know, good. Maybe they're, they can't screw him up. I'm trying to figure out how, what, why they book. Or, you know, he might have another commitment somewhere else, too. I don't know. I don't really know how much he wrestles outside the NWA. There also might be dark matches. <clears throat> well, that's the, confirmed Poyle and, and Thrillbilly won't be there. Um, that's all your fault. They were on a podcast last week. Not on mine. Um, They're here. They were. They were on the, we were talking to them. Well, at least well, Poyle. In, in the chat. I mean, that's different. Um, nope. Guilty by association. The The next thing is the, uh, the world tag team titles, La Rebellion versus... Uh, Hawk Ari in Hawk Ari's hometown, by the way. Hawk Ari, they booked the damn thing. It's their promotion, kind of. They better win. Hometown. Yeah. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that one. DK, what do you think? They should win. It was a blown off storyline opportunity throughout the tape tapings, but I mean Hawk Ari should win. I mean, look, I don't know if you guys follow uh Luke on Twitter, but He's probably done more promoting of this event since he's, you know, kind of the one behind it. He's a promoter. He knows what he's actually doing. Right. And so, you know, he's pushing both shows strong. They need to win it. One, because it gives PJ something to do. Who, you know, holding a title with his dad, tag title with his dad, unlike the Mortons, wouldn't be a bad thing. No, no, that that would be a father-son combination we could all get behind. I don't and, and to run real back, you know, I am scared that they will put the title on the junior heavyweight title on Kerry. And we've spoken before. Kerry's not at the same level. He wasn't really somebody who wanted to be a wrestler until just recently. Uh he's too young, he's too inexperienced, and he should not be given something that you're calling a world title at this point. I mean, this isn't like the television belt, which is very obviously low in the pecking order. This is something that, you know, this should be a top belt for the lower weight guys. Yeah. And it, it, would, it would be a mistake to put it on Kerry. It would be a mistake to put it on PJ even. They need to get it on they need to have it on a veteran like they do currently and leave it on some veterans. And this is where we're talking about like the Rhett Titus, the Rhett Titus, the Drapers, the flip Gordons, even, you know, 
you know, these are the guys that need to be in the heat with it. Uh, Billy stopped blowing Ricky and, you know, do the right thing here. So that's going to basically do it. Uh, I think initially we had wanted to spend more time with the pay-per-view. We didn't even cover power tonight just because they had too much, uh, too much to talk about, but this is what we do every Thursday here on the Alliance guys podcast. And you can check us out on Tuesday. There'll be a very special episode of the pre-party, which will be featuring Tim Wood because I'll still be flying home from Nolens. And then of course, maybe this weekend DK and I might put up some content uh, from, from new Orleans. We'll see if we can get uh, maybe some of you NWA fans that are out there uh, to join us. And we we'll, maybe we'll talk some NWA while we're there. Dave Scooby wants to remind us that, Jay Spade is there, and I would love to see Jay Spade get an opportunity to wrestle for that junior heavyweight title. That match was promised to him months ago before the Crockett Cup, before they crowned the champion. And then lastly, uh, Dave Scooby says the TV tapings will be in Nashville in December. I won't be there, but uh, hopefully some of you guys will be. But we're going to call it a night. because Real quick, there's no television tapings because Red's promoting a 20-man New Orleans Rumble or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, the TV tapings, they're doing a prime – they're doing a um, – a power trip tapings, which will basically cover four episodes uh, after the pay-per-view. And then they'll be doing TV tapings in December, which will probably kick them off to January uh, to start off the new year. So that's going to do, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, I do appreciate all you guys being here. Nathan, come back, man. Let's talk some more NWA next time. Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week until next time. Real quick, Nathan, if I leave the Alliance guys, does that mean you're going to, not buy any more Alliance guys merchandise. No, he because obviously I'm the star of this car show. It wasn't Nathan, that was Matt who bought the merchandise. Oh, yeah, Matt. Matt. If I leave, you're gonna not sell merch. You're not gonna buy. You're gonna throw away your Alliance-Wrestling.com mug, which I just got in the mail today, by the way. Oh, sweet. By the way, there's more merch up there, including uh, fanny packs, hats. Uh, we might even do a bikini. I've got a wife who likes to wear bikinis. Uh, but that's going to do it, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Um, no gravy cake. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.